Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together, the Florida edition. Sitting on the floor today because it is raining here, thunder and lightning here in Florida. And so it's dark everywhere. So this is the only place that I could get a little bit of light. So here we are. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm so excited. We have uh, my friend and of course, um, you know him from so many things like the show crossing over. He is um, critically acclaimed New York Times bestselling author, of course, one of the foremost psychic mediums. His name is Mr. John Edwards. So he's going to be on with us today. And I'm very excited because we spoke to him at kind of the beginning of the pandemic back in March. We had an incredible conversation. And so I thought it was time that we catch up with him and see what he sees. Uh, at this point, because so many months have gone by. Um, thank you guys, as always, for joining us here. And for our new uh, viewers and listeners, thank you guys for being a part of our community. We're always trying to bring the best experts in the world here to help us get better um, in all areas of life. And we have some amazing ones coming up. We also have our Patreon. If you haven't joined us at Patreon, what we do there every week is super exclusive. 
and we can go a lot deeper because we don't have a lot of rules at Patreon. Actually, we have no rules. So here we can't pull and curate any kind of clips on YouTube. Uh, they flag it. They shut us down. But there we can. And so we get to uh, deep dive into some of the education. And it's pretty cool. We had an amazing episode this week. Um, Kels, I know you really enjoyed that one. Ooh, I did. It was really good. I mean, basically, we got the cliff notes of the entire Tony seminar, the virtual UP, UPW, which was the first virtual UPW that's ever happened. So it was pretty amazing. So we condensed, Maria condensed it into an episode, basically. I mean, Mr. Patreon cried. We all cried. Yeah. It was a Mr. Really Patreon, special. otherwise known as my husband, Kevin Undergaro, kind of brought down like his his biggest lessons he learned from it. And so it's cool. Like I was seeing today actually on Instagram that Esther Hicks is starting to do her virtual seminars. And so what's great about this pandemic, (laughs) if anything's going to be great, is that we are gaining access in a different way. And also we're forced to have to like it, right? So they may have done a virtual seminar before and I would have been like, no, that's not going to work for me. I'm an in-person kind of girl. But right now you can't be in person. And so this is what you get. And I was like, wait, I can sign up for virtual Abraham, Abraham Hicks and Esther Hicks. I'm in totally going to do it. I went to her seminar in um, Los Angeles earlier this year. It was incredible. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Ooh, so I want to do it with you. Yeah. If you haven't uh, joined us at Patreon, just click the link in the summary, or you can go into my Instagram and click the link in the bio. Um, our quote of the day May the student in you become the teacher for another. And that is from our guest, John Edwards. Um, I love him. I'm so excited to have him on today. Uh, Before we get to him, we are um, headed to Connecticut. We are on a road trip. And so um, Kelsey and I will be road tripping for the first time. I don't think I've ever driven this far ever in my life. Oh, I'm so excited. And it's kind of been like a bucket list thing for me. I've always wanted to, to like do the long drive. And so I'm excited. My friend Joe um, has been, we've been friends for over 20 years. He's going to drive us so that we are safe and he's been carefully quarantining. So, um, and then it's like, if we, I told Jeff earlier, I'm like, if we have to stay in a hotel, which I'm petrified of, I'm buying sheets at Target so that, or like a Walmart, wherever, when we're done with this, we're going to go grab some sheets and pillowcases so we have our own stuff to try to be as safe as possible. It's kind of crazy to think how crazy careful we're having to be. It just is still blowing my mind what this pandemic is and what it has become. I don't know. that it's not slowing down. That's why I'm excited to talk to John about that because I agree with you, Maria. I mean, we... Even the other day, we're like, oh, okay, well, we can stop at hotels. And then we were like, wait, no, we can't. Like, what? No, no. and I don't know where we're going to pee. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't, I don't think rest stops are open, so we're going to have to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys will have some new Better Together takeaways uh, next time we meet. In terms I of- will yeah. definitely have the road trip takeaways. Yes. Listen, everyone's going on road trips now because nobody can do anything else. And so... Um, even trying to rent like a big SUV was challenging. We were lucky we found the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, it, it's it's kind of just such a weird time. Such a weird time. I like would encourage you guys to have fun. I mean, like obviously there's going to be some anxiety around it, but some of sometimes that's kind of like the new the fact that it's a first time experience for you, Maria, and like it is such a weird circumstance. Just embrace it, you know. It's like there's yeah. only so many times in your life when you get to drive across the country in a minivan. So and yeah, you're so, because guess yeah. what? Trying to fly there, Jeff. Do you know why we're driving? Well, I know you guys mentioned the hazmat suits weren't <laughs> as warmly received as you would hope. But, yeah, the hazmat suits were not warmly received, which, you know, listen, I think the fewer flights we are on in our hazmat suits, the fewer <laughs> dangerous situations we might put ourselves in. But it was like impossible to find flights. Oh, so wow. in 2020, trying to find a direct flight is impossible. So the multiple stops, it was going to be a 20 hour travel day. Nope. I was like, there's just no way. I'd rather no drive for way. And, and not expose myself to the dangers of the airports and a lot of people. I'm like, when you're on the go 24 7, like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. This is, this is the only way to do it. So... And even with, even with flying when it is direct or there's only one layover, you know, you have to deal with the inconvenience of like getting your bags and going through security and checking it and then getting off the plane and getting your transpo. So when you get in a car, you get in, you go and you arrive. There's something really yeah. nice about that. Yeah. And like we clean the whole car. Yeah. We're going to re-clean it again um, because I realized we didn't clean the car keys. So then we touched the car keys. <laughs> you know, yesterday Maria's like, did you clean the car keys? No. Yep. So but now we've recontaminated everything in my mind. So we're going <laughs> to redo everything. We're going to have uh, so much fun, Maria. I'm the queen of road trips. My family and I took a six-week road trip when I was in middle school. What? I know. And we drove around. We went to Yosemite. We went to Colorado. Like, it was crazy. So Erica so and my sister and I are well-versed in road tripping. Well. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I know um, you guys had some games you wanted to play before we get John on. Our yeah. road trip game. I'm very curious. What is this road trip game? All right. Basically, the road trip game is me um, listing off things that you can yay and nay that we will do. Oh, okay. It's going to be amazing. And then Jeff will jump in, of course, because I'm sure he has some really like intellectual fun podcasts <laughs> where mine is all just like, hi, <laughs> hi. Okay. <laughs> So, to start it off, Maria, I'm not sure if you're aware, but yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of One Direction. 
So I believe that we need to start off this road trip with just some like damn into our 1D. Can you yay or nay that? <laughs> At least like three songs. At least three? Two? Can I get two? I'm, I'm sure I know their songs because they're on the radio, but okay, yeah. I told I told her this morning, Jeff, I'm like, your music taste is so 26. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're so 26, and I am so not. And I'm like, Niall Horan and One Direction and all this stuff. I'm like, can we get, like, Guns N' Roses and... Marky like... Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, carry well, that's on. Segways. That segues into my next idea, because when my dad and I drove from Seattle to L.A., we had a blast. We went through every decade. Spotify has like the decades kind of grouped out. Right. So we started with the 50s and went all the way through the decades. And then we each like decided which decade was our favorite. So that I think will be a really fun idea. Okay. Where are the games? Where are the like sightseeing things? Okay. Enough with the music. Fine. But you have to start, you have to, you have to set the scene. Okay. okay Next we're playing I Spy. Because huh? uh, we're playing I Spy. <laughs> are you into I Spy? What does that so, entail? Like literally just I Spy. We're literally just going to play I Spy. It's going to be a great time. Um, oh, Wait, this no, one's a really good explain one. This. Have you uh, never you played? Explain that. Maria's never played I Spy. Were you definitely a spy? So I'll be like, Whoa. I spy a blue something blue. And then we'll have to, when we're driving by, you'll be like, oh, was it that car? And I'll say no. <laughs> and then you'll say, oh, was it that billboard? And I'll be like, yeah, you nailed it. And then you got go. it. Okay, my version of this game that I used to play with my um, old assistant, Meredith, who you've seen on the show before, yeah. was we used to play Celebrity Lookalike in New York. And it was so much fun because in New York, I mean, there's thousands of people on the streets, right? Mm-hmm. And so we would be like, Paris Hilton, just because some girl had long blonde hair and she was tall and thin. <laughs> and and then we'd be like, eh, Halle Berry or whatever it was, right? We would name. So actually Halle Berry, we were in a restaurant and I go, Halle Berry. And then I go, oh shit, it's her. <laughs> Oh my god! (laughs) Extra credit for people if you actually get the real person, Um, and if you actually knew like politicians and dignitaries, and you got them, and they were really it was really them, you get extra points. And it would happen all the time. It was so wild. Well, we can try and play that. I don't think it will happen that much on the road. Don't think we're going to see a lot of people on the road. But it was it, it that is the most fun game to play, guys, because. It's funny to see through someone else's eyes who they think looks like somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you fight. You're like, that's so Paris Hilton. And you're like, that's so not. And they're like, it is. And it's Alicia like, Silverstone. It's not Paris Hilton. It's so good. Oh my so God. Good. <laughs> I love that. Well, I have a celebrity game we can play, though. So this one is actually kind of fun. So basically what you do, you start with anyone famous. And, and then it says, besides yourself, duh, which actually applies to you. So that's kind of funny. So you start with someone famous. So I would say um, like Tom Brady. And then you would have to take the first letter of the last name and say another celebrity. So then you would be like um, Billy Joel. Brian Adams. Yeah. Right. Right. So that would be, I think that would be kind of fun because we're going to have completely different people that we're pulling from. Right. Okay. 
That would be an entertaining one. Another fun, I like that one. Another fun celebrity game along that is you pick an actor and then you pick uh -huh. a movie that that actor was in. So you would say, I would say Tom Cruise. And then, Kels, you would pick a Tom Cruise movie, so you could say... Top Gun. Top Gun. Nice. And then I might be stumped here because my job then would be to pick another actor from Top Gun Ooh. and then a movie that they're in. So That's it's hard. like oh, you dead. alternate... I, it would I would suck. Well, yeah, if, I would suck if you pick popular, like, big movies, it's easier. Like, if you pick, like, a Marvel movie. But, you know, Top Gun is basically just Tom Cruise, so... I would be terrible at this. Yeah, me yeah. too. Kevin would be good at that one. Yeah, yeah he probably would be really good at it. That's so funny. That one's well, fun. My last let's... really fun one, okay. which I actually love this game, is like it's um, categories. So you start with a category, and then you have to go through the whole alphabet with that. So I would say um, cereals. And then so you'd have to say A, like... Applejack. Uh, isn't there a cereal name oh, with an A? Applejack. Applejack. Yeah. See, I'm already losing. Bees, like bananagrams, or I don't even think that's a cereal, but you know what I mean. Boom. It's actually Bran really Flakes. Bran Flakes. Boom. Cookie Crisp. Boom. Boom. Okay, what else? So that's a fun one. So we can, but we can do one. any category with that. I want another one. Cookie Crisp for C. Ooh. D. I see. I'm already losing. <laughs> I'm not good. Dan at this. And cereal. <laughs> Dan. And Dan, Dan, and and uh, Dan and with Cheerios. <laughs> Dude, what's a D? It's all like Cocoa Puffs, Corn Pops. Um, D. Grape Nuts. D is a tough one. Oh, Delicious. I like the cereal game. Right? This is good. Right? Okay. I've got some I love ideas. games like this. I think they're so fun. And when you're doing a road trip, you need this stuff. I thought you were going to like quiz me on like sightseeing. Like where can we go along the way? What stops are we going to? No, 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 no. I'm just really getting our, I got our list for the car. Our, our oh, wait, Kelsey made me the most amazing smoothie this morning. Please share the ingredients. It's delicious. Okay. A banana, wild blueberries, because they have more antioxidants than normal ones. If you guys were wondering, um, spinach, cauliflower, which I got from Karina. Hey, you cannot mm. taste it at all. On our show. Yes, exactly. On our show. She clear because someone might be listening that didn't hear it. So you always got to preface it. On our show, you guys. Yes. Karina told us to put cauliflower in our smoothies and it's actually delicious and you can't taste it and you do it frozen, right? So vitamin D and it, it actually helps like bulk up your smoothie and make yep. it creamier. Um, it was Karina Dawn, and I think it was a week or two ago. A couple Last weeks ago. Monday. Yes, a I week believe. ago Monday. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what else? Some almond butter and almond milk. And I don't do all almond milk, especially when I do like a huge one. I'll do kind of like half almond milk, half water. Really good. Oh, and some cinnamon. So delicious. Cinnamon's anti-inflammatory. I love exactly. it. Well, we've eaten... Jeff, there was a large bag of chocolate chip cookies that our friend made here. I mean, like the large zip block bag and only four remain. <laughs> I mean, we ate dozens and dozens of chocolate chip cookies. So we have to like clean it out. We've well, turned over a new leaf today, starting today. Yeah. Maria did well yesterday. I did. I did well yesterday. Well, luckily, you guys are going on a road trip and it's really easy to eat healthy when you're driving across the country during a <laughs> pandemic. So. Although, you know what? Um, little, um, little known fact, Kelsey taught me about this app 
called Happy Cow. Mm -hmm. And Happy Cow is an app that will give you um, the nearest like vegan or healthy restaurants near you. And we've been using it down here to identify good, healthy places to Mm -hmm. eat. And so, you know, it's like $3.99, the app, but it's worth it if if your health is a priority for you and you want to find places. It's harder to do that on Yelp or Postmates. You have to sift through so much. Yeah. But, um, but I've been really enjoying it. So I'm going to happy cow all the way up the coast and yep. really try to avoid the fast food. Same. Um, now we're checking each other. through the door when I get home. Like I want to <laughs> fit through. I don't need like, I don't want Kelsey to have to Crisco me through. <laughs> I think you're going to be having to Crisco me. <laughs> All right. No, it's good. The Happy Cow app is amazing, though. In the past two places we've gone have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, really so good. Man. All right. Big round of applause for Happy Cow. Let's get to John Edward. Of course, I told you guys earlier, he is one of the country's foremost psychic mediums. He's the author of eight critically acclaimed New York Times bestsellers, including Crossing Over and Fallen Masters. He was named one of People Magazine's most intriguing people of the year, and he is here to help us unpack the unprecedented state of the world and provide us some strategies to get through it. Ladies and gents, my friend John, hi. Hello there, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I miss you. Same here. Same here. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually uh, navigating quarantine nicely and still self-isolating as best I can, even though we're doing better here in New York. Yeah. Okay. So you're in the, in the New York area. Fantastic. Have you been there the entire time? I have. I was supposed to, I was supposed to come out to the Los Angeles area for a bit and I just did not feel like I wanted to do the whole travel thing, planes, people. I just don't think people are being smart. So if if people are not smart, I felt like I needed to be smart for myself. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard earlier, I was talking about the fact that we're road tripping up to Connecticut because it was going to be a 20 hour travel day to get from Florida to Connecticut. Wow. I was like, do I want to be in multiple airports and waiting around people and all of this? I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to drive. (laughs) And safer probably. Yeah. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I think so. Like, how are you navigating all of this? Oh, John. <laughs> it's it's challenging. That it's is- challenging. I mean, when I think of, I think of just, I feel a lot 
and it feels really heavy and it feels really scary and it feels so uncertain. Um, we had a really great conversation with Marianne Williamson the other day and she's like, if you weren't feeling that stuff, you wouldn't be normal and you wouldn't be caring about what's happening. And I was like, okay, that helps a lot. But yeah, it's been, it's been a little difficult at times, you know, and then, you know, obviously I have my mom too, I'm taking care of, and there are things with that that are very challenging and sad. I mean, you know, I can't even remember who she was before this. So I'm getting very emotional about all that. So it's crazy. Everything that you're saying and everything that you're describing makes you human. And I think that's the most important thing that we can come from. We have to come from a baseline of humanity. And from that, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like when I do readings, I talk about the line of probability and the line of probability for me as a psychic is I look at people's pasts to kind of see where they are now. And I see what the intention is that got them there. And then I can kind of look down that line of probability and I give projections, not predictions. And the projections are based upon where we're at, but where we are at has to be the humanity of being human. And I think that everything that's taken place is desensitized us, right? So if we look at what took place with not just your mom, but with you, you had a double whammy of dealing with something, right? So you had to navigate her stuff as well as your stuff while dealing with the empire that you're on, right? Media wise. So so you like, nobody says, Oh, hold it. Let's just pause. Right. It's kind of like that, that, that line, that train is moving and it's kind of like, how do we keep everything on the tracks? What we do allowing ourselves to recognize where we're at and what are we supposed to learn in the moment that we're at and answer that question for anybody that's watching that. I think it's really important to kind of answer the question. Like if you're in a hard spot in your life, or if you're in a repetitive pattern, right outside of all this, right? If you're in a repetitive pattern, what is it that you're supposed to be learning that you're not learning that the universe is putting in front of you again so you can learn it again. Because in order to move to the next level of your own life, you have to kind of learn what brought you to where you're at. So true. We talk about patterns here all the time and it's something that I've learned and, and, and noticed in my life. It's like the patterns that keep popping up, whether it's, you know, you always keep dating those kind of guys or you always end up in those situations, whatever those patterns are, keep presenting themselves until you, solve the issue and break the pattern and i look at it like a video game right like to get to the next level we get to win this level and then you get to the next and the next and the next and so um 100 agree with that but there's also like i I always say that the universe will test us right so it's like we go through the challenges and then we get tested and then people think like oh i'm done with that right and then they they kind of feel like "I, i i i did that level and now i'm on to the next level no the universe is going to give you a pop quiz somewhere down the line and say, did you <laughs> not like, cause we're going to just dangle this in front of you. And the, the answer in that moment is like, Oh no, 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 I don't want to do that. Cause the moment you fall back into failing that pop quiz that the universe gives you with whatever the opportunity that presents, now you're back in school again. So you do kind of take your back, you take yourself backwards. If you don't continue to recognize that it, it's like an amalgamation of the lessons. It's not like I do it once and I move on. And I always say that an astrologer could better explain this because they look at your natal chart and the blueprint of who you are. And that gives you a, uh, an understanding of really the patterns because the planets have like, you know, the cycles that they go through. And, and I don't know all of that, but like I know from talking to them and interviewing them, 
they talk a lot about how things are cyclical based upon the, the planetary aspects and transits that hit, hit us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoy those, um, those conversations with astrologers. They're mind-blowing. And I, I, I always have to kind of go from the place of like, I'm not an astrologer, so I don't speak the language. And I have to kind of like listen for the nuggets in between the, you know, the sacred geometry, you know, I have to be like, okay, so what exactly is that? Oh, it means this. Okay. That I could work with. <laughs> oh, it means that. Oh, that I could work with. So that's what I try to do when I'm doing evolve. If I'm having a conversation with um, an astrologer, I try to take that information and put it into like everyday speak from an energy standpoint. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I imagine in this time that you've been busier than ever, people probably are crazily seeking information from you. Is that true? It, it is. And it's, in, it's interesting because, you know, people will either come because they want to know what's going to happen directly for them, or they'll come because they want to talk to somebody who's passed. And what I've noticed in the last six months, and I'm going to say even leading up to the explosion of this pandemic, because I think the universe gives people those sensitive feelings and they start to go, oh, something's not right. I want to know about this. I think that people are looking more for self-empowerment. So information is probably the most important. So for anybody that's watching this, you don't need a reading. You need information, right? So reading is not going to fix you. A reading can give you insights, but you have to do the work. So I always use fitness, right? If you hire a fitness trainer who's going to give you nutrition and workout information, they can't work out and diet for you. You have to do it. So it's important to not seek external information unless you plan on actually utilizing it in your life because nobody's got – I don't have a magic wand here. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't like wave a magic wand and poof, everything goes away or everything's better. We have to do the work. You have to do the work. And and right now, the work is painful because we have to face aspects of who people are and the choices that they make. And when somebody's revealing themselves to you, and a lot of times it'll happen through – passive conversation like you won't be talking about something but they'll drop something in you should pay attention to what they just dropped in um or if you're facebook twitter instagram pay attention to the subtlety of how somebody might um drop something in and they'll reveal who they are and then you have to decide right once they're revealing who they are do i want to swim in that pool do i want that person to swim in my pool you know and then it's a, it, that's now really, really where you have to make decisions. Like, ooh, this person's not vibing with me. Like, my vibration and their vibration are two different places. You know, I'm coming from this spot. They think they're coming from this spot, but it's not really the truth. So I'm going to step over here. Yeah. I mean, you're so active on social media. Um, and and I, I, I just wonder kind of... <sighs> I've been trying to stay away from it because I find it so <laughs> too yeah. much for me to handle. But um, but tell me kind of where you're at. Like, what are you feeling? I remember when you were here in March, you did feel like this was like kind of a collective awakening for all of us. Like we needed to wake up, yeah. not to Melissa Etheridge us, but we need to wake up. Um, I love her songs. Anyway. Um, Tell me what you're feeling now and has your feeling changed? Obviously, things are changing, so feelings would change. But um, I think that we still need to wake up as a collective. I think that we, we are it, – it's beyond waking up. It's more coming to terms. Um, you know, and I say this because I've had to come to terms with people in my life that I've known for decades 
where I just feel the God's honest truth is disappointed that somebody might have a perspective that's so vastly different from what I would think that they would have had. Like, cause I was like, Oh my God, I thought I knew this person. So I keep joking around and I, you know, I'll be like, Oh, that's a Rolf. Oh, that person's a Rolf. That's a Rolf. What's a Rolf? Exactly. So a Rolf is the moment of sound uh, in the sound of music at the end where Rolf turns them in at the cemetery. I was like, Whoa, this person's a Rolf right now. It's my way of energetically saying that someone's alignment um, in humanity is not what we thought it was. Because that character in The Sound of the Music goes from being sweet, somebody's you know going on 16, going on 17, and you have that awe moment in the musical to the end where there's an ultimate recognition of, oh my God, I don't know you. And this person is not aligned in, my, in where, where, where I am. And, and that was like in a sweet love-based relationship. But it's happening in families and it's happening, the division's happening in families, it's happening in friendships, it's happening in, in the workplace. And I think it is a... It is a calling to action to say, okay, who are you? Who am I, right? And am I going to you know, align myself with this and say that's okay? So when you say I'm active on social media, I've, I've become more active and I've yeah. become active in my opinion about what I want to say is okay for me, humanity-wise. And I will be the first person to say, you should unfollow me. And if I say to somebody, you should unfollow me and they don't, and they come back at me, then I just block them. Like, I don't, I don't engage. I don't play. I'm just like, mm, nope, out. And I do that in real life too. Like if I'm connected to somebody that I don't feel is no, isn't in alignment, I don't. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. And I was raised, you know, very Catholic and very Italian. And, you know, you're supposed to allow yourself to be, you know, Christian and let the water roll off your back like it. Nah, out. Nope. Yeah. I, I don't want the negative, right? So to me, I'm very clear on who's going to swim in my pool. And our energy is like a pool. And our brain is the filter. And our thoughts are the chemical. And it's what keeps that pool clean. And for me, I use a very crass analogy all the time at my events. I'll say, would you sit in a pool that yeah. some actively peeing in? No, you would not. So don't do it in energy, right? So yeah. it's that, and when you say don't pee in my pool, people get it, right? So yeah. I'm definitely not a don't pee in my pool person. I love it. Yeah, like I feel like the few times I, I pop on there, somehow I'm always seeing your social posts. And like I would have never known about the protests in New York because I'm just – I'm back to kind of trying to protect my energy a little bit because I've been so sad and whatever. And so I'm like, okay, I need to kind of cocoon, get healthy and get back. And, um, and like, I was like, Oh my God, what is going on? 
And it's funny because I think we're all called to define like who we are. So I'm, I'm doing it right. Like I look at stuff and I go um, from a political standpoint, like I openly say I've never voted before. Like, you know, this will be the first time I'm ever going to vote. Wow. Not a politically active person. Um, I don't really consider myself to be a politically active person, but I could tell what's right and wrong from an energetic standpoint. So when I look at stuff, you know, and somebody says, you know, you, you're, you're liberal. I'm like, you don't even know me. Like you have no idea what, what I actually have a conversation with me and we'll, and we'll find out exactly where I'm coming from. But I don't think you could in today's society, I don't think you can just say I'm this because we're not all just a label. We're so complicated. And I think it's, important to to really examine what it is that we feel and think and i use this example maria when i was in pasadena we had um uh we had to delay my event that was there because we had protests so i got stuck in la traffic which was insane like crazy insane and when i called to the event to say i'm going to be late they said don't worry about it we have some issues going on here and i said well what's going on they go you have protesters i was like protesters like like was like somebody outside giving like flyers out and my cousin Katrina, who runs everything, said, no, no, you have like full on, like there's like a full on protest going on here. And I got really quiet. And she goes, I probably shouldn't have told that, told that to you. Is it going to upset you? And I, and I literally started to laugh. I go, no. I was like, do you know how much energy an organization goes into a protest? I was like, I feel so relevant. I go, can we send them pizza? And she was like, no, we cannot send them pizza. I was like, well, you know what? It's warm out. Let's get them water. You know, let's keep them hydrated. I said, listen, they put a lot of energy into coming. I go, we should hydrate them. And she, she's like, I can't handle you right now. She's like, they're driving me completely bonkers and crazy. So I got to the event and I addressed it. And I said, you know, I only wish that somebody on the outside can sit in this room for two hours, listen to me talk, watch me answer questions and do readings, then go talk to the people that I just read to see the validation. So at the end of the event, I did a VIP event and a woman walks up and I said, Hey, thanks for coming. And she goes, thank you for the invite. Now, thank you for the invite means I know you somehow, right? Usually from a radio station or they, they, you know, a media outlet, or it's like my wife's friend. And I'm now I have to like, try to figure out like, where do I know this person from and be like, be polite, like, Oh my God, I don't recognize you. And she sashayed up and she says, thank you for the invite. She goes, I'm from the outside. And I'm literally racking my brain. I'm like the outside, the outside, the radio station, the outside, what shows the outside. And I could not come up with it. So I go, I'm, go, what station are you with? And she goes, oh, I'm not with the station. I'm from the outside. So at that moment, I connect that she's with the, she's with the protests, right? Protesters. I grab her, pull her in. And I'm like, like we're taking photos, right? And I'm so excited. I am <laughs> better. I invited her to be a guest on Evolve. I go, oh my God, I want you to come on my online show. Come on Evolve and we'll, we'll talk about like how you're part of the protesters and you sat through the event and, you know, and I wanted her experience. Right? So I was really excited. Her entire demeanor shifts and she says, no, 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 I'm, I'm not qualified yet. And I said, qualified for what? She goes, I'm not trained yet enough as a skeptic in order to do media. Let me get you somebody else. And I like literally like looked at her and I said, no, maybe you misunderstood. I go, I, I don't just want a media trained skeptic. I want somebody like you who was part of that, who sat through the event, who can go talk to any of these people to see if they're real or not. Talk about their validations. I go and, and, and talk about your perspective. And she again said it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not. They haven't trained me enough media wise. And um, she goes, but thank you. And then she like walked away. And I remember when she walked away, <sighs> like I had this moment of, 
wow, she just wanted a place to belong. And yes. she her belonging in a, she wasn't thinking for herself. And I, and that scared the crap out of me, right? So that's the place that we're at. We need people to be critical thinkers. We need people to think for themselves, right? I've yeah. developed a, a, an amazing friendship, an amazing friendship with a woman from Romania who I've never met in person, only through social media. And she did what would be a negative piece on me and the subject matter. And when I read it, it was done so well that I was torn because I appreciated her humanity and how she wrote it. So I thanked her. And then she wrote back and said, I, I, I think that's so cool that you retweeted it. Anyway, long story short, it's been like over a year and a half. We're friends. We like talk. Now, I think that shifted her beliefs? No. But do I appreciate hers? 100%. Because I believe that right now what we need are people more like her who can actually point out opposing views without vitriolic attack. Yeah. And that's the place that humanity <laughs> Like, where can we have a conversation and a dialogue where it doesn't devolve into name-calling, where we can have a conversation about the importance of masks without somebody screaming about their rights and having it politicized? There are so many people, like your mom, who are immunocompromised, right, who might be dealing with lupus. They might be dealing with other issues that are happening in their lives every single day prior to a pandemic. You know, Justin Baldoni's movie, uh, Five Feet Apart or Six Feet Apart, I, I always get it confused <laughs> The, what's happening but that movie was so prescient in coming out to raise awareness about how people have to live their lives because of their immune systems so i think the universe gives us these little kind of like moments of going hey look at this hey look at this hey look at that if we pay attention and we kind of quiet out the noise so go back to your social media post one of the things that i tell people is let's let's be social media smart i can't even tell you how many times i read something and i type up the tweet that i'm going to respond to and then I delete it. Probably like 90% of the time, I don't send what I want to send. So take a pause before you send something and, and don't, don't contribute to the noise. Try to put a point out there that's going to help to raise an awareness about humanity. Like that, that's the best thing I, I could say. Otherwise, we just became, we, we're playing this energetic game of ping pong back and forth. And it, yeah. it, 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 we're screaming into a void, not making a change. So do you have any strong visions? Like you have to figure out, I'm sure, how to separate like your feelings from like your visions maybe, right? Like, like sometimes, I don't know. I mean, you can explain it better, but do you have strong visions of what's coming? And, and I have questions from listeners that have sent, you know, sent questions in that we can get to because I want to make sure I ask some of their questions, but do you have any kind of strong feelings and visions of what's coming? So here's what I tell people. Everybody wants me to write a book about the afterlife and what the afterlife is like, right? And I say, I can't do that. And they go, why not? You've been doing this work for 35 years. I go, I can only give you my experiences and my glimpses and feelings. So when you ask me that question, I kind of feel the same way. I can't tell you what's like universally coming for the world, but I can tell you what my experience has been. Um, in March, I canceled my events for the rest of 2020 without even blinking an eye and told my, my staff that they weren't allowed in the building, right? So for me, everybody had to work from home for 2020 in March without even blinking an eye. Um, do I think that there are going to be you know, clinical trials and vaccines that are going to come up? I do. The efficacy of it, I don't know. 
Um, I think it's going to depend on people's immune system. So I, I, I like to stick with what I know we can do. Um, I probably will be social distancing way well into 2021. Um, I probably would be living more of this kind of a lifestyle when it comes to being safe well into 2021. And I think that we might see, I don't know, some normalcy when we're getting back into 2022, but what we're going to see through now. 2022. Yeah. 2022. Um, overall, like I'm not saying like we're going to be living like this, but I think what's important is to have a bigger picture of understanding. So we've already been doing this for six months, seven months, right? Almost eight months. And when we look at, when I say eight months, it's because I, I started freaking out in February about this before the rest of the world. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. And not because I'm psychic. I have a background in healthcare. So for me, I was kind of... (laughs) Like, this was in China and now it's in Italy. Like, anybody else concerned? Like, this is like two major... Like, it's... This isn't like you know, um, there's a, a thunderstorm in China and there's a thunderstorm weather pattern. Like I recognize the urgency of it. And I honestly, I still to this day don't understand why our country, you know, did not, I mean, I understand why, but I don't understand why, um, it wasn't taken more seriously because it did not have to be where it's at. Um, I knew that by June in New York, it was going to be better. And it, it did, it became better in New York. Um, I knew that there were going to be hotspots in Florida. Like, you know, people that I was reading, they were like, you know, uh, I'm thinking about sending my, my child here, you know, to Florida. I'm, I'm like, no. I yelled yeah. at, I do a lot of Zoom. Most of my groups and stuff are happening on Zoom. I yelled at a woman that was going to Vegas with her son for his like birthday. And I was like, <laughs> I had to catch myself, like, not, not your place to yell at her. But I literally had a reaction. Like, are you crazy? Like, it's like, I, I think that we have to look at our own personal choices, right? So when we look into 2021, I think people are going to be examining more of, okay, is it safe now to go back in the water, right? If you know that there have been 12 shark attacks at the beach, it's logical that you're going to be a little bit apprehensive to go back into the water. And can anybody guarantee you there are no sharks in the ocean? No, they cannot, right? So we can only put up shark mesh out there or do whatever that they do off the coasts of the water to make it feel safer um, or inspire safety. But then there's that psychological fear that we have to navigate. So let's say there is a vaccine that comes up and let's say it works, right? We're still going to have the human level of fear built into our cellular memory of, okay, is it okay to be in a plane? Is it okay to do this? Um, And I think personally, there's going to be psychological fallout in ways that people haven't even thought about yet. Like for example, um, shifts in eating, like are people going to feel like it's okay to eat 
maybe meat. Now, why is that? Because we've heard that there were issues with meat packing, right? That there were meat packing plants that had XYZ and high rates of that. And it might have been a blip on the news story, but that seed gets planted. So the next time somebody goes to eat a burger or a steak, they might have that moment of, is this safe? And it, it's, it's safe, but our psychological con- connection to it, right? So fear and understanding fears and how that's going to the ripple effect. I think we haven't even got to that. That's going to be like years in, in the making, right? It's like uh, after September 11th happened in New York, there were moments of things that kind of came out that were ancillary on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that are, that, that's ancillary to this is grief. The grief dealing with COVID is so different than some of the other grief because people haven't had the opportunity to connect. So the, the level of healthcare workers of what they're having to deal with so the psychological aspect. So we know that the firefighters and the rescue workers and the police officers that like dedicated their lives to going through the rubble down at 9-11, well, two decades later, they're dealing with 9-11 type illnesses that happened after breathing in all those toxins, right? Well, what about the psychological ramifications of the healthcare workers who, by the way, deal with this? They deal with death a lot. They deal with health and wellness and sickness a lot but the hyper-focused amount of loss that they're dealing with day in and day out and how they've had to put their personal lives on, on hold for their professional lives. Like there's a lot of, I'm actually concerned about the mental health of the healthcare worker. Oh yeah, I agree. I read a horrible piece. I think it was in the New York Times about this nurse, or this doctor who committed suicide and she was just, you know, this overachieving, amazing woman. And it just, it was just too much. And it broke my heart. One of the things I tell folks is like, if you know someone's working in a healthcare way, just in a kind of nice way, say, hey, thanks for doing what you're doing. Are you okay? And as hard as it might be to hear that story that they're going to tell you, let them tell you because yeah. they might not be telling anybody and nobody might be asking them. You know, if they're working in an, in an ER or an OR, or if you know a mom or a dad who's got a child who's working in that field, talk to them about what their fears are about that. So <clears throat> key, always key. Yeah. Well, let's get to a few questions from our audience. So um, let me see. I just want to make sure that I didn't stoke any fear here. I don't think that we're going to be doing what we're currently doing to 2022. I'm talking about the trends of energy that are starting now. We're going to see this in stages going through all of 2021 um, with humanity and hopefully humanity is put on the front burner. And I think that we'll see things quicken up on that timeline. If there is a major shift in November, Um, if there, a major shift in November, I think it's going to extend past 2022 when I say negativity. I think that was one of the questions. Nanny Goose said, who will win the election? What do you see for November elections? I don't think I could be objective enough because I, I, don't, want, I don't want Trump to win again. I think he's been very detrimental to just humanity in general. And by the way, I think he's an agent of change. Um, I think most of the astrologers that I've spoken to have said, like, you know, there needed to be shifts and changes. Those changes, he, you know, he is the embodiment of that. So if you hate him, don't hate him as a person. Just hate the fact that 
we needed to go through these shifts and changes. But when we go through shifts and changes, I, I believe personally that there are, there are limits to what we, we didn't have to lose 140,000 people in the United States. Like my scientific background, my energetic understanding, all of that coming together, we did not have to lose as many people as we lost. That's choice. And that falls on him. Point, I don't care what line you're, I don't care where you're at. When you have data and science in front of you and you ignore that, that falls on you. I'm not naming the virus after him because that would fall into the same category as him naming the virus after China. The reality is when you have science and data that points at certain things, you, you have to look at that. And I, and I did. And I'm just like, this is, this is dangerous. So for me, I hope he does not win. And by the way, that doesn't mean, like if they took him out and they put a Republican in, okay, I'm, I'm down with that. You know what I'm saying? As long as that Republican is going to put humanity first. I don't care who, it's not about the title. Remember, it's not about, the, it's not about your team. It's about the issue. So who's going to best tackle the issues of humanity? And that is going to tie in health and economy and global, global, you know, climate, climate change, all of that kind of stuff that falls under an individual making decisions. And as long as that's coming from an informed place of humanity and science, I'm down. Yeah. Um, Fern Renee asks, you mentioned in a tweet, your guides told you you wouldn't always live in the U.S. That is true. Where might you choose to live? And I, I have to say, I feel like many conversations I've been having with people, everyone is talking about moving. So <clears throat> when I was a small medium, um, I was very, very <laughs> probably. Um, and I went, I, I was being interviewed to work at a psychic fair in Manhattan. And long story short, the, the person who ran it was an astrologer and he did a, a very quick reading at the end of that um, not positive interview. And he said to me, your chart says that you will not live out your natural life in the United States. And I thought it was such an odd statement because you know I was a Long Island kid who had no intentions of going anywhere. And then I met my wife and she's from Portugal. And I thought, Maybe that's going to be the, you know, that's going to be the connection. And then, you know, I, I started traveling internationally and there's so many places that I've been to that I really, really like. And Australia happens to be one of them. So um, I kind of feel like that's like my soul home. Like if I had to live someplace else, I, I would, I would want to live there. Um, mm. But I have to say, you know, I don't know if, if, if he got elected again, I don't know if I'm going to want to be here because I don't think that this country is going to be the same. I think that's a collective feeling for people. Like, I feel like maybe it's not election dominated for everybody, but I think a lot of people are really thinking about moving and leaving. And, um, and here's, here's the Maria, here's the thing you're saying to me, you need to stay in your lane. I don't follow you for this. You need to stay in your lane. Right. And if right now people are watching this and they're going, Oh my God, Maria, I, 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 don't, I don't follow you for, you know, political time. Those people need to shut up right now because the interwoven braided nature of everything has been brought down to one word of division. So if a mask, which is a symbol of protection, oh, what's the matter? Stand by, my door just opened. Oh, thank you, Kelsey. Of course. There's a massive rainstorm, thunder and lightning behind me. Hold on, I'll show you. Insane. It's it's wow. coming down. If you've seen lightning striking across my eyeballs, it's because of that. <laughs> but the door just opened. All the energy. That's symbolic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, for someone, an individual, 
to politicize mask wearing, right? That that is now that everything's politicized. So when you create people and polarize them in any shape, I don't care if you take kindergartners, if you take a group of of, of five and six year olds and you split them and you say, well, you're wearing blue and you're wearing yellow and yellow's bad. Now, all the kids wearing yellow are going to become defensive and insecure. And the people, the kids wearing blue are going to be taught that they're dominant over yellow, right? So it's a simple issue of, you know, splitting, right? So everything over the last four years has been to divide, 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 divide. So the moment that someone is challenged by what they hear, and by the way, this is what I do myself. Like when I'm challenged by something, I go, okay, why am I feeling challenged by that? Like, what, what is it for me? So I kind of go through my own process of, and I did it yesterday. Somebody wrote a tweet to me and I, my knee-jerk reaction was like, you should unfollow. And then back and I reread what she wrote and there's nothing wrong with what she wrote. It's how I took it. Mm. I deleted my tweet. I responded to her and I said, I deleted my tweet and I need to apologize to you for how I responded to you. My knee-jerk reaction was to react before I truly read. Now, here's the interesting thing. This woman is being pummeled on my Twitter feed because everybody read it the way I read it. They yeah. all read it and they interpreted it the way that I originally interpreted it. And I sat back and I said, you know what? I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to engage with each, each one of these people because I feel like it's a conversation that's happening and people are going, this is not okay. So when we look at whether it be masks or whatever you want to talk about, the division that we're having, we need to get back to the conversation of uniting us as a, as, as, as a, as a race of people, right? So my big issue is coming from New York, we lost 3,000 people on 9-11. 3,000 people passed on September 11, 2001. What are the two words that came out of that across our country? Bumper stickers and T-shirts, hats from September 11th. Never forget. Two words, never forget, 3,000 people. We've now lost upwards of 140,000 Americans to a virus. And it's a hoax. It's fake. It's not real. It's going to go away. Mask. So what message does that say to any family member who's lost a loved one? What message does that say to any healthcare worker who's trying to save lives? who's basically saying, guys, do me a favor. If you need a latte, just throw a mask on, leave it in your car. Just please, you you want a slice of pizza, throw the mask on. But instead, it's become a battle cry. So it's only bolstering division. So to me, it's like, it's a scary place. So everything, you know, take out the, the, oh, it's not political. Everything's become political. Social, political division needs to go away. And we need to come back to the place of recognizing, like we did in September 11th, we're under attack. And the attack, forget the person. It's just ignorance. It's division. So don't name it a person. We could see, you know, we, we could see where it's coming from. Look at it as just the theme, the theme of ignorance and arrogance and, and ego and, div- and divisive energy is really what's happening. It's pulling us apart. So if we can come back to that place of being united instead of entitled, I feel like we are coming from a place of the entitled states of America rather than the United States of America. 
And that's why I like Australia. When I'm in Australia, the level of community that you feel there is quite overwhelming. You know, Maria, if you went to Australia and you did a tour and you were doing a better, um, a better tour, I'm going to tell you that people in Adelaide and Perth are going to be so excited to see you on their, their morning show. And they're going to say, welcome to the country. Um, have a great tour if they're in Perth and you're in Sydney. It's, it's kind of a really cool vibe, right? Where here in the States, like if you're doing something in Miami, nobody in Seattle cares what you're doing in Miami, you know? Yeah. And we should, like we should really care about how things are happening. Like people around the country should have been more aware of what took place in New York City and New York State when it came to the virus so that it didn't happen in Arizona or Texas or Florida or California. Like you saw what happened in Seattle, right? So I think we have to learn from what's taken place learn from what's happened and make choices moving forward, right? Just like a reading, you look at the past, you see what the trends of energy are for the present, and then you project where we're going in the future. And by the way, if you don't like the projection, change it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So are we going to do the John and Maria better together tour mm-hmm. in Australia? Cause I loved Australia. It's amazing. Is it not? It is an amazing. Really yeah. Okay. We're going to figure that one out. Um, huh. okay. I'm trying to like weed through these questions because we've had a conversation and some of these things have been answered. I've got, is it okay um, if I hop in real quick, Maria? I've got a question for John that I'd love to ask. This yeah, is Jeff go for Booth. It. You know, John, so much of your work is connecting with people who have crossed over and we've had this huge tragedy where we've lost 140,000 people to the same thing. Have you connected with anyone who's lost their life to COVID? And if so, what have you gathered from those experiences? Ooh, great question, Jeff. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to use September 11th again as the example. And one of the things that um, when people started to come through after 9-11, they would come through in one of two ways. They would give me a, either a feeling of honor. And when I had that feeling of honor, I knew that person passed in the building rescuing someone, always police or firemen, um, or rescue worker, I would get the feeling of honor. Um, and if I didn't get the feeling of honor, I know that they worked in the building and they sat on the plane. So that's how that came through. Um, my symbol for COVID is actually a building with the lights going off, at, like a nighttime building with like watching, uh, like a skyscraper, with watching the lights on the floors going off slowly. So when I see that, I now know that someone's having a multi-system organ shutdown. And I, and if I see it's pulmonary related, I will say to the person, is, is this COVID related? And they'll say, yes. So when that person comes through, they're, they're not coming through talking about what you think they would be coming through talking about. But I have to address the person that's lost that person in the way that you think we would talk about it. So they're, it, it's how they pass. So whether it's cancer um, or a car accident, they're going to describe their passing and then they're going to show that there's a survival of consciousness and then they're going to help their family members know that they're still with them. But the healing has to come with the people that are here. So for the last two years, I think any place I've gone, uh, I have literally driven this message of nobody passes alone. And I didn't understand why. And I just thought it was because people's lives were so busy and we live on devices and sometimes we can't get there and people move. But every event I would do, I would say, guys, I want you to know that if you can't be at the bedside when someone passes, please know that nobody passes alone. And what I meant by that is that there are always people who have come for us, people in spirit who know that we're transitioning and they're waiting for us. So just like birth, when someone is going to labor to come into this world, 
we do labor to leave this world on some level. But what's made this so hard is the complications of not being able to be with that person. And the complication happens with the living, not so much with the person who's passing, because the person who's passing is going to be medicated um, and they're going to be assisted on their journey through the, the, the healthcare practitioner and the person who's administering medication to make their pain easy to kind of wiggle out of the physical body. But they're met by loved ones and friends who've gone on before them. So for them, it's labored in the physical but think about the soul. Like imagine if you're having a problem with your car and we just can't get the car to go. So the car is on the side of the road and it's kind of running, but it's, it's not taking anywhere. The driver might get out of the car and get picked up by somebody else in the family to continue that soul's journey. But the person who's left behind is staring at the car. The person who's here is grieving the, what we think is the person, which is the vehicle. So what I've been driving home in a big way is that nobody passes alone. And that if you did not have the opportunity to communicate or touch that person or hug that person, you still do. So the exercise that I've been giving people is to write them a letter, to literally write them a letter and read it out loud to their photo. And it is really, really important to do it. Um, and the reason why I say read it to a photo, Maria, is if you go to the gravesite, if you go to um, wherever the, the memorialized place is, now we're dealing with the finality of death, and I don't want people to deal with the finality of death. I want them to deal with the, the connectivity of beyond death. So if you read it to a photo, the photo represents the person. I don't care if you read it to a jersey. I don't care if you read it to a shield. I don't care if you read it to a teddy bear. Whatever you consider to be that person's energy, I want you to write to them what it is that you would say to them if you were sitting at their bedside. Because you still need to feel that. You still need to acknowledge that. And if we suppress that, it's not positive for the people remaining. So that has been the lesson, right? It's how do we honor the grief? Um, and a great guest that I would suggest that you have on here is a grief counselor from New York. Her name is Millette Israeli. And she wrote a beautiful piece in, 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 in the New York paper talking about grief and grief dealing with COVID and how it's so much more complicated um, and the different levels and aspects of of what people are navigating with this. But that's what I've learned, right? They come through and my symbol for it is I see a building. And when I see this building, I know that somebody's got a multi-system organ shut down. That used to be for sepsis for me when I would see sepsis. That's how I would describe that. COVID's coming through that way. So believe it or not, it's not coming through to me just as a respiratory issue because it's targeting so many aspects of people's bodies. So they're not just going, oh, I had COVID. They're giving me, they're giving me the physiological feeling of what they had the issues with then I see that symbol, then I get the respiration, and then I acknowledge because of the recent period of time. But if it's five, six years from now, I'm not really sure how I'm going to get it. Um, so I, I can't tell you yet, but I can tell you how it's, how it's coming through now. But they're not coming through going, I'm angry, sad, upset, um, I, I, nobody was there with me. Nobody's giving me any of those moments. It's just like uh, uh, if somebody passed from congestive heart failure or if somebody passed in an accident, they're going to come through validating their presence and then try to assuage the feelings of the people that are here dealing with the tragedy and the levels and the layers that this has kind of brought about. So crazy. I mean, I, I remember having, I was really, really sick once and I was in a foreign hospital alone and it was terrifying. And so I've always thought about everybody who's in hospitals. I, I can't be in a hospital alone. I've told my husband, I'm like, you better break in and figure out a way, put a lab coat on. I, I, that is like terrifying to me on so many levels. Think about it. Have you ever had surgery? 
Yes, brain. Yeah, I know. So when you have, <laughs> you have a few surgeries, but yeah, you have the surgery, right? There's a moment where Kevin can't be with you. Yeah. And I remember when they moved me from the bed to the bed, the terror that came through my body, John, I go back to it often, but, but then now, lights out. Yeah, but let's go. Right. But there, before there's a lights out, before you get there, there's a moment, right? And there's a, a moment consciously that if you think about it, where you kind of go, okay. And before there's a lights out, there's a, a, a there's this moment that is like the okay moment. Yeah. I played my Rocky theme music to make it okay. I was like, and I said goodbye to everybody and I was cool. It was all good until they moved me into the other bed. And I'm like, ah! While you're while you're on the table, right, and they're going to administer the you know the uh, anesthet- anesthetic, there's this there is a moment, right, and it's like if you're hanging onto the monkey bars at the playground and you can't hit the ground, there's that moment where you are holding on, going, I don't want to let go, I don't want to let go, and then you decide to go, and then yeah. you you kind of just fall into that. That release is peaceful, right? So it's it's one part fear and then it just goes peace and that's what physical death is for people when they're transitioning they they just kind of like let go and by the way anybody who's dealing with um covid or they're dealing with something they're on a respirator if they're dealing with that their their physical body is being slowed down by some of the drugs that they're being given right so that is to make sure that they're not pulling out their the ventilator that's going to keep them in that twilight kind of vibe so we are imagining what they're going through right now. Nobody wants to go through that. So wear a mask. Nobody wants to do that. So social distance, wash your hands and do everything you can to keep the virus down. So nobody has to put somebody else in danger. I'm not advocating that it's a, it's a walk in the park. It's horrible with somebody. Nobody, when I worked in the hospital, like the one floor that I had the hardest time with was respiratory. Like I just had the hardest time being in the respiratory rooms all of it made me freaked out. Like, so, but that's looking at it, right? So I think what's important is don't put yourself in that position in the first place. Be smart. Don't put somebody else in that position because we have that within our control because now we have the data to say, let's be, be aware of that. Yeah. Crazy. Um, someone um, on here had a pet question. Okay. Um, e. Bell Tobin lost her Yorkie recently and is wondering if we reunite with our pets when we cross over. We do. We do reunite with our pets. Um, and one of, you know, I have it happen all the time in reading for people like are, you know, they're, I say they're barked over, you know, somebody will show me that, you know, uh, a family dog from when they were kids was who greeted them. And people will look at me and say, I don't know who had the German. Oh my God, that was her dog when she was a child. And that will be the dog that will, you know, be there to be one of the energies to kind of greet them. One of my favorite stories, Maria, is I used to live in my grandmother's house when I was a kid. My mom had passed and I took over her bedroom upstairs. I made that my bedroom and I made my bedroom, my, my office. So the only two rooms upstairs were my bedroom and my office. And downstairs, my aunt lived with my grandmother and it was a like open area. And they had a schnauzer named Max and we had to keep a gate at the bottom of the steps. So Max would not go upstairs and christen the area. Yeah literally sit at the bottom of the steps and just like look up like and think about all the spots that he wanted to get to you know all the spots that he would have liked to have christened one time he got up there it was like not 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 pleasant then max passed 
And I, I can't even tell you, at least on two or three occasions, um, I opened my, <laughs> opened my office door and there was a woman waiting, waiting to come in. And I said, you know, come on in. And she goes, um, what's your dog's name? And I said, sorry. She goes, the schnauzer. She goes, what's your dog's name? And I was like, oh, oh, that's Max. And she's like, oh, Max was so cute. She goes, but he wouldn't come. He just ran right past me and, and, and he, he wouldn't come back. She goes, how old is he? Now, this was years after he had passed. And I'd be like, oh, he's old. <laughs> you know, we, Max, Max had already passed. Two or three clients would always say that they saw Max. And they always saw the same thing. They saw him run up the steps and he ran right past them towards where my bedroom area would be. And I used to laugh because I, they would be like, you know, how old's Max? I'm like, he's old. <laughs> and I never wow. said to them, you know, Max is my aunt's dog who passed three years ago. But the only sightings that we ever had of Max came from clients of mine who were waiting in the hallway to come in. But you never saw Max. Not really. Isn't they that did. funny? Yeah. But it was a validation for my aunt and her husband that their dog who passed was still around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes me excited. I want to see my babies again. Do you hear the thunder? Did. I heard that. Um, I think our road trip is going to be delayed just a bit with this rain. Um, Let me see. Okay. Medium Kareen. So she says she is a medium herself. And she's been feeling chaos around October, like a war. Do you have thoughts on that? Oh, I feel like I feel like we're already in it. I feel like that energy is already here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how far back I started doing it, but on Twitter, I started like just randomly putting out two statements. One was, "Haven't we seen this before?" And the other one was, "Stormtroopers." Completely out of context, you know. Haven't we seen this before? And stormtroopers. And why I kept tweeting that is because I kept seeing it. I literally kept seeing that there were going to be like stormtroopers in America. Um, I remember, and I haven't said this publicly, but I'm going to say it to you now. I was on 2020 with Bill Ritter. Yes, Bill Ritter from WABC, Bill Ritter. Um, And it was not a positive interview. And one of the things that I saw back then, and I said it to him and I said it off camera to his producer. When was that? uh, 2003, maybe 2000. I was doing crossing over. And I was doing it in the Astoria Lifetime Studio. So it's got to be at least 2003-ish. Okay. Saying, um, I was confused by what I saw. And I said, are you doing doing stories on like Nazis? And he was like, no. I'm like, are you sure? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, are you doing a documentary for like ABC or something for like Nazis in America or like something with Nazis? And he goes, no, are you saying that because I'm Jewish? I'm like, no, I'm saying it because I see it. I'm like, there's something, I saw them covering like, like swastikas and Nazis. And I, I, it, it's those moments in a reading where I sit back and I go like, what the hell did I screw? Like, how did I screw this up? Or like, what didn't I get? I know what I saw back then. I saw Nazis in America. When Charlottesville happened and all of that stuff was taking place, not only did that freak me out and remind me of that back then, right? And going like, oh my God, like, is, is, like, was that what I was seeing? But it didn't make sense. So how did I interpret it? After the fact, I think I talked to his producer and I said, like, are you sure there's not something you guys are doing? Like, are you planning on doing like a documentary? And by the way, I felt like whatever, gonna, whatever they were going to do was going to be like covered or awarded in some way. So, 
you know, I just say everything that I see and I don't always understand what I'm saying. Right. Mm -hmm. But I saw stormtroopers in America, like, and I couldn't. So when Charlottesville happened, I, I didn't just get freaked out by the white supremacist stuff, right. Which everybody should be freaked out by. I literally was watching the people that looked like police. And I said, Sandra, I go, Sandra, that's not police. I go, those people are those, that's like a militia kind of a thing. I go, people need to pay attention to this. Uh, and that's when I started like really strongly going stormtroopers, right? So what happened in Portland recently, where we're, we're seeing like, you know, federal agents and they're kind of like just, or it happened in Washington, D.C., where they cleared the square so, so he can go hold up a Bible. Like that to me, not okay. That's not okay. So that to me is something that I think people should pay attention to, right? So that's, that scares me. So that to me is already an assault, that already is an energy of warring in America, right? Yeah. That's already here. So, yeah, people need to raise their voice, not in the divisive way, but in the united way of saying an American should not be tear gassing another American. That is not okay. Moms who are standing there to protect people, that is not okay. Now, do I think like, you know, burning down federal courthouses and police stations is okay? Of course not. That's like, that. that's a given. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be stupid. Like, that is... I love the sound effects you're providing on your podcast. I really. This is scary. <laughs> you're like, it's not okay. God is like. <laughs> you know, listen, yesterday here in New York, Lady Liberty Island, it looked like it was like, there was a thing on Twitter, right? Where she was like struck by lightning. I was like, well, it's the invigoration, the reactivation of putting energy into Liberty. I don't take symbolism like that lightly. So I, I think it's important for people to, to look at that. So do I think it's coming in October? I, I don't know. I think it's here. I think we're in it. I think we're already in it. So, um, you know, it's right before an election. So let me be the skeptic here and say, of course, there's going to be something warring in October. We have people that are trying to stir up race riots to try to show why it's important so that they could use it as propaganda for, you know, those, those folks that are already wearing that banner or wearing the red hat. So I don't know. I think it's important for people to kind of think more united, not, not divided. Um, and it's hard to do that because I'm the one who's telling you to block out energies that are not al aligning. So it's, it's, it's almost antithetical and I get that. So it's, it's a hard place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm battling that myself. It's interesting. Like when I look back, we like filmed our predictions in our house back in March. Cause I wanted to know it was such an unprecedented time. And I was like, let's all just remember who said what and where our feelings were. And I kept saying, I'm like, I don't know why you guys don't see how crazy this is going to get. And everyone's was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, like I see like the walking dead meets the Holocaust. Like I, I see that we have to like protect ourselves with guns. Like I see that we're going to be at war. Like it's going to be crazy. And everyone looked at me like I was nuts. And now I'm not feeling as nuts anymore. You're, you're not nuts because what you're, what you're seeing, you know, if you take a snapshot of anything, and you show it to someone and say, what does this make you feel? They're going to react to that, right? So it's really important to always kind of take a beat and go, okay, why am I feeling that? What's inside of me that's making me feel that? Or how can I look at that? So let me flip this around for everybody so we don't incite fear and panic. When I was dating Sandra, we went to the movies to go see a movie uh, called Wolf with Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer. And we're sitting in the movie theater. And as I'm watching the movie, all of a sudden, like, the screen was gone and I was looking at 
a plane and everybody um, kind of looked like they were Asian on the plane. Um, and then they showed me the plane crashing on the runway and exploding and a zero coming out of it. Now, why that happened in the middle of that movie, didn't know. So I leaned over to tell her that. And I, I don't, we were not married. I don't think we were married yet. And she like looked at me with this look of like, why are you telling me this right now? And why are they telling you this right now? Well, that night when we watched the news, it was on the news. And it was an airliner that wound up, I think they took off, had an issue, made an emergency landed. Everybody was deplaned. And then it had a fire exploded. There were no casualties. But my immediate thought looking at it was they all died. No nope. survivors. That's what I thought instantly too. Yep. No survivors. No, they all survived. And it was an important lesson for me. So it's, it's human nature to rubberneck and look at the negatives. But that's why it's so important to hold on to our humanity and, mm -hmm. and look for the positive. So yes, it, it's, it's crazy that this is going on in Portland. And it's crazy that, that moms have to wear yellow, by the way empowerment ch chakra right yellow is the is the power chakra solar plexus oh, my favorite color that's so funny <laughs> that they're all wearing yellow right so that's a, a message um, i know from listening to the astrologers that we just had a, a new moon um on monday and that new thank moon, god right and it was in cancer right the 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 the, the feminine the, the mother the mom and you know sandra said to me did you see what one of the what uh, one of the women did there to stop the protesters and I looked at her and I said, no, what did they do? She goes, she literally took off all her clothes and sat there and just did like a yoga pose. And so I had an image in my mind of what that was like. And I was like, okay. Well, then last night she showed me the image and I was like, well, hold on. That's a whole different image now. That's like <laughs> a basic instinct. I go, of course, that's going to stop them. That's going to stop anybody in their tracks, but yeah. it's, Powerful image. If you did not see the image of the woman who's sitting there, yeah. did you see it? It is. Oh, I did. It is the divine feminine stopping all the men, right? And I just thought that was like pretty powerful. So, what does that say? I think that people need to embrace their feminine side more. I think people need to embrace the divine feminine principle of coming from a place of nurturing and humanity, and you know, not coming from the patriarch and their guns and their penises, you know, and like let's. Uh, collectively say like let's be human soft let's let's embrace the cancerian side stuff so yeah. and i love about the astrologers that i'm kind of like reading and watching and following is that none of them are being predictive in the sense of i want to be right what they're doing is saying here are the tools here's what we need here's what we need to nurture and sometimes i want them to be a little bit more predictive you know, I, I want them. And the reason why I, I know that they're not is because they want us to make our own choices. And I think what's important, if you look at numerology and astrology, it gives us the tools to empower us to make our own choices, like a nutritionist does. So they're like the nutritionist of the soul, right? What do we need to take in in order to be healthy energetically? And that's what I do for myself personally. And that's what I like to share, whether I'm doing Evolve or if I'm doing a Zoom group or if I'm talking to you. What do we want to take in to nurture us spiritually so that we can fight this energetic war, war of chaos? And by the way, Fallen Masters, that book, which was written as fiction in 2000, 
2008, I think I started it and it was published in 2011, 2012, is all about like this kind of energy, the battle of good and evil, right? And that's what I think we're dealing with, you know, the positive, the polarity of positive and negative. And by the way, what side do you want to be on when history is, is actually written? I know what yeah. side I'm on. That's what Kevin says all the time. What side do we want to be on um, when, they, when they write about this? It's interesting you talk about the interpretation of your feelings and not always going to the negative. And I'm going to carry that. I think that's a really important lesson because I've always had really strong intuition and I used to get visions that I would turn on the news and see just like the description of what you had. I used to have it all the time. I used to call my boss at the today show and he definitely thought I was like crazy. Um, and I'm like, okay, I saw a shooting in a, a, a church parking lot in Denver Everyone survived, but it was chaotic or whatever. And then it would happen. And so like, I would almost be like, hey, let's get ahead of it. <laughs> let's get to Denver because something's happening. And it was crazy. And then I got really scared of it. And I like, I shut it down. I don't know how I did it, but I shut it down. I'm like, I don't want to see anywhere. It was freaking me out because if I had the dream and I woke up and I remembered it, I would see it on the news. So I, I, I love that you just said that because so many people think that they can't shut it down. There are things that like I've gotten in readings and I remember when I first started, um, I had a couple of experiences that really just affected me in a negative way. I was reading for people who are pregnant and I saw them losing the baby. And it, it just, it wasn't something that as a teenager, I was personally equipped to handle. I wasn't mature enough to handle that. So I literally had a rule for about five or six years where I would say to people, um, you know, if I was going to somebody's house and doing like a house party type thing, I would say to them, if, I, if they opened the door and they were pregnant, I would be like, I can't read you. And they'd be like, why? And I'd say, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. And then I would say, to be honest, um, I've seen things that I don't want to see and I just don't want to see it, right? Um, and then that rule would extend to my friends and family. I would say, you know what? I don't want to read for you guys anymore because I don't want to know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I have an aunt or uncle who was dealing with something and it wasn't public knowledge in the family, well, I don't want to know that now. I don't want to know yeah. about, I don't want to know about friends. So when we stop looking at stuff, right, when we don't put our focus on it, then guess what? Our intuition won't follow there. And your guides, by the way, we all have them the way you have a producer, we all have guides, right? So energetically, they, they won't give it. So because you said, I don't want that, they won't give it to you. And you were, you were in the zone, right? That's what your job was at the time, right? So now you're doing the same thing. And you're pulling in people for your show and program to help empower other people. So it doesn't have to be, um, you're in a different place in your career. You don't have to be the person who's standing on the corner reporting from the news. You're, you're five corners ahead of where the news is at, trying to give people tools about what's coming up for them to empower their lives so that they can live healthier and they could be more empowered. They could be educated. So you're coming from a different place, right? So when people say to me, like, would you do TV again? And I've said, well, yeah, I would if I had the right opportunity. And they'll say to me, well, you know, and I've been in these TV meetings, they'll say to me, like, you can't do crossing over again. I go, you're right. I can't do crossing over again because I'm now going to be 51. And I was 30 when I did that. I've got 20 more years of experience. I couldn't do that show again if you asked me to because I'm not the same person. Like, yeah. I can't do eighth grade again, right? So, you know, it's kind of like, how are we evolving? Which takes us back to where are we as a society? You know, how are we evolving from 2016? 
So from 2000, let's go back further, 2015. I think 2015 is really the pivotal part that we need to look at. The election is just the result of it. And all of us looking at this year, 2020 and the election, don't look at the election. Forget the election. You know, people think like if, let's say Trump doesn't win and, and somebody else does win, right? Doesn't mean he goes away. Doesn't mean the circumstances and the situation shift. We still have to do cleanup. So what's the bigger picture, right? If, if someone has a tumor and someone has that tumor removed, whether or not you have treatment for that tumor or not, you still have to deal and navigate with the what? The realities, the ripple effect, the after effects, and the healing of something being removed. So we still need to deal societally-wise. We still need to deal with the, the, the letting go and the losses of 140,000 people and the energy of this year, right? 2020 is a four-year. Um, and for me, I, I look at the four-year as a foundation. So we need to build on this year. And 2021, numerologically, as a universal year, is a, is a five. And for me, that's transition, change, transformation, right? All of that. So next year is going to be a change year for everybody. Like we're all going into transformation. Yeah. Um, my last question is maybe it's easier for you to see this part, but I've been very, I've had very strong feelings about the economic collapse coming in, like lots of it. And, and I, I feel like it's going to be like a 10 year journey back but have you seen anything in that regard? Um, that exact phrase, a 10-year journey back financially. Literally. Um, and wow. specifically, I feel like the commercial real estate market is going to be hit the hardest yeah. um, in, in ways because of adaptability. So right now, there are huge departments that, are, that would normally occupy um, office parks that no longer occupy office parks and their, you know, boss, bosses and he corporate headquarters have found a different way. So they might say, you know what, we're going to keep the jobs, but we're going to let go of the office space and people are going to be working from home. Right. So they're going to save money corporately to make up for some of the losses dealing with Corona. But now what is that going to do to the landlords? That's going to have an effect on the landlords now. So I think, Commercial real estate, I think you're going to be driving, driving down Ventura Boulevard, um, driving down you know, some of the other big boulevards like in, in major cities, and you're going to see for rent, for lease, for rent, for rent, for rent. So the commercial effect, I think, is going to be hit harder. I think the home real estate market is going to have a, a surge, actually, in a different way because there was a pent-up people being in their homes, and they're going to, they're going to recognize, wow, I, I, I need a bigger space. Or people that are in, a, in apartments are going to be like, if we ever have to do this again, I can't be quarantined with you in a studio apartment. Like, I, I, need, I need a man cave or I need a, I need a she shed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I need some other. <laughs> I need some other. A she shed? I've never heard that one before. I love it. I want a she commercial. shed. Um, but it's true. I think people are, are, are looking. And I've read a lot of realtors, too. So, like, I've asked them these questions. I'm like, can I ask you a question? I'm kind of feeling this seeing this so i think you're going to see like the 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 real estate market might not be as affected but yet the rental market is going to be affected so i think people aren't going to be able to pay their their, their rent so there's going to be a, a lot of evictions right yeah. so weird so commercial is going to be hit hard some personal markets like real estate markets are going to like hold 
but yet apartments and rentals are going to be um, affected. So it, I think it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be a very difficult rebuilding. Um, but I believe in humanity and I truly, 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 truly am holding out on the, the American um, energy. And I really, truly want to believe without getting emotional that like in the world that of my world of the, what I call the 20, 60, 20, you know, 20% believe everything, 20% believe nothing, 60% fall somewhere in the middle. I am really, truly holding out for the humanity 2060 20 that 20% always believes in humanity 60% is kind of going to be having to be swayed and they're going to band together with that other 20% of positive believers against the 20% that are going to be cynical and divisive and rhetoric and fear-based and vitriol and trying to stir the pot because they want to make their team the right team um so block out that part so when we go back to the beginning to circle back, block out the block out the people who are spewing division, block out the people who are saying, I'm the only way, block out people who are saying, get your guns and fight, block out anybody that's coming from that warring place, look at where their intentions are coming from and why. And it's going to be fear. And then say fear of what? Fear, fear of what? Fear of something being revealed fear of something that's making them vulnerable, right? So I, I, that's the place that I'm coming from. Um, and I find it interesting that people are being called to action. And if I could leave you with the next one astrological exercise that we use on Evolve um, to give credit where credit's due, it comes from an astrologer. Her name is Maggie Kerr. Um, she's universalastrology.com.au, full disclosure. I like to give people credit. But she has something that we've used. <clears throat> it's called Up Until Now. Take everything that you're feeling, everything that's negative, everything that is like yuck, and then finish it by saying up until now, because that tells your brain that we're turning the page. Yes. So it's like we're, we're, we're being divided. We're being um, attacked. We're, we're sick as a country. There's, you know, the virus is running rampant up until now, because it's, it's making a statement that we're going to say, no more. So it's taking a stand energetically just by three words up until now. And it's been something that's pretty amazing. And what I love is on Evolve, we, had, um, we have an Evolve member who's a school teacher and she does it with young kids. She makes them talk about their fears and the things that they're concerned about. And they had an up until now board. So you could do it with kids, you could do it with seniors, but most importantly, start doing it with yourself. I'm going to. I just had another question pop in that I think is important for our our industry in Los Angeles. Do you see anything um, in terms of what's going to happen to Hollywood? So I can tell you that I had a conversation with an executive and here's what I said. And this is the exact thing. Um, Do you remember when there was the writer strike? Yeah. Okay. What came out of one of that, that, that huge writer strike? What came out of that? Uh, I don't remember. Reality television came out of that. Reality television was born from a writer's strike. It exploded. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. After, and this is like watching the line of probability. So you go back. Writer strike happened. The writers and the directors and all the people were like, you know, we're going we're gonna to hold the industry over a barrel and blah, 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 blah. 
and I don't know anything about the right of strike or who's right, who's wrong, doesn't matter. I just look at the, there's the issue. And what came out of that on that timeline was reality television. And then all of a sudden, the writing industry went to a place of fear because reality television showed a different way. And it was cost effective. And they didn't have to pay X, Y, and Z. And it created a new genre. So reality television co- coexisted now with scripted. But scripted became fear-based. And then all of a sudden, it was law and order everywhere. It was criminal minds everywhere. Franchises became safer, procedural franchises. What shifted that? Netflix. Netflix and House of Cards shifted that line of probability again. It now showed what? A different way. Subscription. Binging. We're at that moment of the intersection of what comes next. So what comes next, my friend, is kind of what you've been doing for your entire career. It's what I've been doing for a decade. It's this. It's what we're doing. So when people say, how are you holding up? I'm like, I've been doing this for a decade. This is like a no-brainer for me. So I didn't have to adapt. I was already there. But that's what happens when you're paying attention to what energy is telling you. I left conventional television in 2008, I think, 2009. I started doing this work in like 2008, 2009, online, all digital, subscription-based. Everybody told me I was crazy because it had to be free like YouTube. And I said, no, it's going to be subscribing because that's the future. So the future is understanding the behavior of individuals in this new world. Anybody in Hollywood who's watching this, if you think you're going back to what you were doing solely, you're grossly mistaken. You're going to have to adapt to what's new and how are you using this differently? Um, And I think that those executives who make the decisions, who are going to figure out how the behavioral pattern of entertainment and communication are married, that's going to be a new a new level wow yeah, I, it doesn't mean television goes away it doesn't mean the movies go away you know it's just on hold for now yeah yeah i feel like that makes a lot of sense i kind of keep seeing like a mass exodus from la and i don't know if it's because what you said earlier about rent and people not being able to pay rent them having you know people who come there come there with dreams and right now their dreams can't be fulfilled in the way they came So they're going to have to move back home with their parents, right? And what about pods? Like, what about movie theaters and pods? So, you know, like people, like if you ever go to, let's say the Staples Center, right? And you have like the room and you could watch the game or the concert from the room and there could be, you know, food or beverage, whatever's in the room. I think we're going to see um, VIP rooms happening in theaters where people like can go inside their room and they can have their their popcorn, they can have their whatevers and watch it in a room that is not where somebody can sneeze behind you on you. Hey, Better Together fans, producer Jeff here. And before we finish John's amazing interview, I just wanted to let you know that this Monday we have women's health expert, Alisa Vitti. She is incredible. I just got off a pre-interview with her. This Monday's show is gonna be amazing. So make sure you tune in live at 11 a.m. And she has three giveaways that are specifically devoted toward our Patreon members. So if you're not a patron yet, Get a Patreon membership today. We have giveaways in all three tiers for this Monday's shows, and it's going to be amazing. Make sure you tune in. Yeah. Wow. Cool. The industries will adapt. Um, technology will help that to happen. 
and we'll, we'll be looking at this, you know, and you're going to be like, Hey, you know, it's five years later and let's go back and look at that conversation we had in 2020. And, you know, here's, you know, somewhere Maria, there's a um, interview that Tanika Ray did. Um, I was at a book signing it was Catherine Cryer, who was a judge on, on Fox news channel. She had a show called the Cryer report and she has, I was at a book party for her that she had, and it was covered. And I remember, I, I believe it was Tanika Ray. And she said, you know, there's world famous psychic John Edward from crossing over. Where's TV going? And I literally held up my StarTAC phone, I think at the time. And I went like this and the executive producer of crossing over looked at me and he was like, are you out of your mind? I go, she, <laughs> go, she was asking you about like what the next hit show is. And I go, I know what she asked me. I go, but I answered her question and it, it's, it's what happened. Right. And that was a time ago. Yeah. You know, what's so crazy is like, I'm starting to look at the things I was feeling. And if I really like dissect them, they're all, it all makes sense. So maybe, you know, I had a mystic on the show probably about a year ago. Her name is Deirdre Hay. She's amazing. And she goes, stop saying you're crazy. You're wise. And I think a lot of us need to give more, um, value to our feelings and look into them a little bit deeper not like that we're all psychics or whatever but that the feelings are coming from a real place and if we can look at it the way you said where it doesn't always have to be the negative that there could be the positive then we can live with our feelings a little easier too like i truly believe years from now when scientists really like like data map the genome of this virus because this virus is like, I think, beautiful in its intricacy. I think they're going to use it to heal humanity as a delivery system for cancer. Like they're going to figure out how smart this virus actually is and how it's targeting things. And they're going to use this for medicine. So what could be so toxic and killing today could be what's so beautiful 30 years from now, right? Who knows if I'll, you know, I'll be here to see this, but I see it, you know? So like, it, it's how we look at stuff. And I remember, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're going to remember the movie the day after. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was in high school when I was a freshman in high school when the, the movie or the miniseries the day after it was about a nuclear Holocaust happened. And I remember the impact. I wasn't involved really yet with this work. So I didn't have this to rely on. And I remember I watched the movie and the reality of that movie was so palpable that I almost had this like, why bother feeling like we can all just be blown up like this. And I, I, and I, I didn't say anything to anybody. And I remember I talked to this girl, Diana in, in high school and um, I said, are you okay? And she goes, no, I'm not okay. She's like, I watched this movie last night and I realized we were all reacting to this movie about the fact that the world could be blown up in a day. And you know what, you know what shifted that for me, Maria? I don't know if you could see that portrait right there. That's my mom. So my mom said to me, what's wrong with you? Are you on drugs? (laughs) Like literally, (laughs) she's like, well, you're in high school. I have to ask these questions. And I'm like, no, I'm not on drugs. I go, I'm freaked out. And she's like, why are you freaked out? So I told her and she said something and it, you know, it just stuck with me and I just used it with my kids. And that's like, I believe in humanity, no matter how bad things get, 
I'm not giving up on it. I believe in humanity. So I believe that things are bad. And I believe that we have to make choices. And I believe that we have to stand up for what's right or wrong. But I think if you stand up for what's right, you're standing up for humanity. So if you're erring on the side of what's good for humanity, then we win, all of us, collectively. And we're better together. We are better together. What a great way to, to end. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. I, I am so grateful that you came back. Um, by the way, our episode was like explosive in numbers. So just so you know, That's cool. um, yeah, it was amazing. And so I think people really just connected with your message and obviously your energy and everybody loves you, but I think it was a really important moment. And I think we're back in that important moment again. And it's not to say that there won't be another one in, you know, a couple months because there will be, but, um, I think there are a lot of valuable takeaways that are going to help us through this next kind of phase. So thank you. Well, that's what we have to arm ourselves with. We have to arm ourselves with the information. We have to protect our immune systems, but our immune systems aren't just physical, right? It, there's a reflection. This virus is a reflection of the energetic virus on humanity. So look at that. The universe is not stupid. It knows what it's doing. It's forcing us to look at stuff. And sometimes we got to face truths about ourselves. And, oh my God, if you could give yourself the ability to say, I could be wrong, then you're separating yourself from your ego self and, and, and saying that, which is why I said earlier, it was so important for me to respond to that woman. And I could have just deleted the tweet, but I didn't. I deleted the tweet and I apologized and I acknowledged my error. And I think that was the greatest gift I was given when I started doing this work. Somebody said, you know, you're not, you don't have to be right. Just strive to be accurate. And it's a powerful statement when you do this work. You don't have to be right all the time, but strive to be accurate, which means I'm going to be wrong a lot. I'm going to misinterpret, but I'm, I'm going to be accurate because I'm not trying to be right, which means you're moving your ego out of the way and you just want to serve. Wayne Dyer had a great saying. It was, let me just surrender and serve. And that's what I feel like we're here to do as people. And that's definitely where I'm coming from with the work. So if somebody watching this, if I can leave them better than I found them, then thank you for giving me the platform to be able to share some of the stuff. Yeah, you've never been wrong with me. Remember when you read after my mom and you're like, I see two. I keep seeing the number two. And I'm like, okay. And then boom, here comes a second tumor. Um, so... John, I know um, I don't have my uh, stuff organized here to figure out where I'm sending people. Oh, there we go. Um, if you want more information about John, you can go to his website, www.johnedward.net. Um, and then where else can people find you right now? Right there. I mean, literally, I everything that was booked for 2020, because my year is usually booked in advance. So all the events that people have tickets for, we just converted them to be virtual. And I was like, you know, I wonder if, I wonder if people are going to enjoy it. Like, I wonder if I'm going to enjoy doing this. I'm loving it because what's happening is people feel more connected because this is intimate because they could see everybody on the screen. I know. Pretty powerful. Isn't it interesting. Um, I'm going to call you after this because I have an idea for you that just popped into my head, but um, thank you as always. Love you. And um, we'll speak in like two minutes because I have a really great idea for you. <laughs> Give Kevin a big hug for me, vitamin D. I will, I will. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Damn, that was amazing. I'm like, my papers are all disorganized in here, but um, 
it was a pretty friggin' awesome episode. Gosh, that was so good. I was getting all emotional. I, I don't know. It's funny. I kind of put myself in the 60% in the middle where like, I don't know if I'm fully all in, but I can tell you, I really, really like John. I think yeah. he's a really good guy and he brings peace to so many people. And particularly that thing where he said, what if this virus is the agent that will teach us how to cure disease? I don't know why, but that just got me so emotional because mm -hmm. what a beautiful story that this really complicated super virus might be the thing to unlock our health moving forward. I, I believe it. I believe it. I think there were so many powerful messages in there is like, like he said, admitting that you're wrong, allowing other people to have voices different from your own and like having conversation. And, I mean, just so many things. Um, but this has been our longest show to date. So I'm going to wrap <laughs> us up. We had a lot of thunder and lightning through that. That was crazy. Um, what if you, like that, were you guys able to see the lightning striking on my face? No. No, I was, I thought the zoom was malfunctioning. I was like, something's wrong. And I realized it was the lightning illuminating your face. It was John, yeah. it was God listening to John Edwards communicating something. John Edward. John Edwards, sorry. Right what before, a perfect yeah. episode. Amazing. Well, thank you guys for joining us as always. Um, I, uh, I love getting to do this with you guys and we're here every day. Um, do we have an episode on deck for tomorrow as a repeat? We're going to rerun something I was going to discuss with y'all after the show based on today, what okay. we wanted to. Um, yeah. So we usually try to figure out a vibe for Friday that goes in tune with where we're at because we have such an extensive library, you guys. And it's actually hard for everybody to keep up with all these interviews. So um, and a lot of people come to us at different moments. So we try to pull something from deep in the library that maybe would be a great refresher for you because a lot of these things, it's like what we talk about at Tony's seminars, um, you know, you, you can't grasp it all in one take. There's so much to learn. There's so much to apply. So I really try to find some of those more kind of in-depth episodes and bring them back to you guys on Friday. So we'll find an amazing one for you tomorrow. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll air that for you guys. And then we'll be road tripping up and back on live again Monday. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us at Psychic Medium JE. We're going to put that in the summary. Just close the link. At Maria Menounos, at Jeffrey Crane Graham. Shout out to Jeff because he had to wake up super early. Thank you, so Jeff. It's a great way to start um, my day, y'all. And uh, at Kels Meyer, too. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. <laughs>